No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspy, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited, so visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongssummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. Southern Songs and Stories is a documentary series on the artists, music, and culture of the South with interviews, songs, a good bit of history, and insights into how all of it fits together. 
I'm your host, Joe Kendrick, inviting you to come explore the music of the South and the artists who make it on Southern Songs and Stories. All right. Hey. Hey. Yo. This is Aaron. What's Apple. up? <laughs> and that's Mel over here. Melly Mel. I'm in. I'm here. I'm in here. Melly Mel. <laughs> so welcome back to Heads Talking, everybody. How's it going out there? Thanks for checking in with us for another week. I sound uh, a little weird. Uh, my voice is a little fucked up from going and seeing Andy Frasco and the UN and Umphreys McGee. Don't blame it on Andy and, and Umphreys. And being sick. <laughs> blame it on the put. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we are here and we're here to serve and that's what we're going to do. We're going to serve you up some, some news and then we're going to talk about it because we're heads and we talk. So our first story of the week. Ready, guys? I'm ready. I'm, you guys haven't. I didn't even tell no, you. No, you didn't even. Do. This I wasn't even one. a headline you shared. Uh-uh. Better be good. A woman took 550 times the usual dose of LSD with surprisingly positive consequences. All right. Okay. This is from okay. CNN Health on Saturday, February 29th, 2020. She's woke. AF. Drug overdoses can be life-threatening, but for two women, two of them, who accidentally took massive hits of LSD, the experience was life-changing and in a good way. A 46-year-old woman snorted a staggering 550 times the normal recreational dose of LSD and not only survived, but found that the foot pain she had suffered from since her 20s was dramatically reduced, separately, A 15-year-old girl with bipolar disorder overdosed on 10 times the normal dose of the drug, which she said resulted in a massive improvement in her mental health. Their experience were detailed in case reports published in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs last month, along with that of a third woman who accidentally overdosed on LSD during the second week of her pregnancy. She ultimately gave birth to a healthy son, now 18, who has not shown any impairment in development. While the experiences of these women were exceptional, their stories can help inform the resurgence of research into the use of psychedelic substances for the treatment of conditions such as addiction, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, depression, and anxiety, the researchers believe. No clinical trial research could be done with doses this high, and there are no publications exploring the positive outcomes of the very large dosages of LSD, the authors said. Quote, to understand the effects of extremely high doses of psychedelics such as LSD, an examination of overdoses in naturalistic settings is required, end quote. However, experts stressed that these cases were unique and warned against experimenting with the drug, which is illegal in the U.S. and the U.K. Of course they did. Yeah, they could Quote, they don't really show the benefits of LSD. Rather, they show that in some people, exceptionally high doses don't lead to enduring harms and may do some good said Professor David Nutt, director of the <laughs> Neuropsychopharmacology <laughs> Unit in the Division of Brain professor Science. Nutt. That just seems like it's a fake article, right? <laughs> At that point, throw yep. professor, <laughs> professor Nutt said, <laughs> Come on. The details of each case study came from interviews with the individual women, their family members and friends, drug supplier witnesses, health records, and case notes, according to the paper. Mistaking LSD for cocaine. 
The 49-year-old woman known as CB had contracted Lyme disease in her early 20s, which damaged her feet and ankles and left her in significant pain. In September of 2015, she took 55 milligrams, that's not micrograms, that's milligrams, Lord. of what she believed wow. was cocaine, but was actually pure LSD in powder form. The authors define a normal recreational dose as 100 micrograms, equal to 0.1 milligrams. Oh, I just thought I was snoring some coke. Oh, I, shit. <laughs> How do you make that? I mean, who's wait, got wait, wait, that hey. much fucking... Yeah, <laughs> wait, who's got... Anyway. And the, mixed up the vials. The woman blacked out and vomited frequently for the next 12 hours, but reported feeling pleasantly high for the 12 hours after that, still vomiting, but less often. According to her roommate, she sat mostly still in a chair, either with her eyes open or rolled back, occasionally speaking random words. Ten hours later, she was able to hold a conversation and seem coherent. I, good for her, man. Her foot pain was gone the next day, and she stopped using morphine for five days. While, while the pain returned, she was able to control it with a lower dose of morphine and a microdose of LSD every three days. <laughs> After more than two years, in January of 2018, she stopped using both morphine and LSD and reported no withdrawal symptoms, although the case report said she did experience an increase in anxiety, depression, and social withdrawal, which is uh, withdrawal, by the way. <laughs> the case studies were no. compiled by Mark Hayden, executive director of Canada's MAPS, and an adjunct professor at the University of British Columbia School of Population and Public Health and Brigitte Woods, a psychiatrist in Vancouver. I'm almost done, you guys. Hang in there. They noted that in CB's case, ingestion of 550 times the normal recreational dose of LSD was not fatal and had positive effects on pain levels and subsequent morphine withdrawal. The authors note in the study that no lethal doses of LSD have ever been documented, although they said scientists have estimated that a lethal dose in humans would be 14,000 micrograms. And um, I'm going to stop there because it's very lengthy after that. But you guys... Like, get, we have to get the get gist, the gist. Okay. Uh, let's start with... Well, I'm just glad that Professor Woods and Professor Nutt <laughs> chimed in on this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wow, man. Okay, I've that, I, I've taken significant amounts of LSD in my life. A, a ten strip, right? Yeah. And that was a harrowing three days of trip. I can't even imagine five hundred times that. No, no, that's that's crazy. But I wonder, like. <laughs> she was sitting there just blurting out random words and and rolling her eyes back in her head and what the hell was, was going that on? You? That was I was up his throat. <laughs> that was, it that sounded was like weird. a cry for help. <laughs> Whoa! There's a little man inside Apple's throat <laughs> trying to get out. That was weird. What do you think it was going on? What do you mean? It with her? Like, she was well, partying. What? That's the and first she, thing. Like we like. No, everybody ignores the fact that she it was supposed to be coke. She was partying. She was trying yeah, to get lit. And you, you gotta, I mean, that, that, that's what I just wondered. What, you got a bottle, you got a vial of cocaine, you got a vial of fucking acid, you got a I mean, I mean, yeah, she's she also partying someone, it up, I guess. She's or, someone to hang out with because she clearly easily gets great stuff, yeah, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> I've been around a lot of drugs in my life. I've never, ever seen powdered crystal i've seen crystal but i've never seen it to where i would like oh that could be cocaine like 
when I've seen Crystal, it's very must, evident that that's LSD. Painful going up her nose. Oh my I god! Bet, yeah, I bet when she did, it was like, oh, oh, whoops! And that those like, I don't know. I, I would imagine it takes a minute or two to fully come on to that high of a dose, and that minute or two is probably like, oh fuck! But yeah. uh, but sh- how would you know? Well, as soon as the, the drug hits your nose, you know it's not cocaine. Oh. Out of bad. Well, and then again, who knows? If she's partying, drinking, if she's in a state to even realize at first that she, you know, if she's like drinking and like, oh, I had a blow. You know, who sounds like a party person. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it was that was the 20-year-old, right? Or the 15-year-old? No, 46-year-old. No, that was the, yeah, that was, that was the last one. Yeah, the okay. older one with the Lyme disease. Yeah. And so... That high of a dose pretty much cured her of her foot pain and Lyme disease. And I didn't go on to read the case study of the 15-year-old, but I read part of this the other day. What? Yeah, I did. I read part of this the other day. Oh, my gosh. Aaron totally is lying. I cheated. He okay, made just it for sound, all you listeners, yeah. me and Mel just looked at each other in utter, utter Dis- shock. No, we, like been, disgust. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. Aaron cheated. Anyway, because the whole thing is like we're gonna read headlines that no one has ever known about. <laughs> <Wow>. And now <laughs> this one was like handpicked. The little yeah. girl. So it, it, it is interesting though. Go, yeah, go on, it is, sir. It is interesting. Go That's on with your lies. <laughs> You are born from a bed of lies. <laughs> Carry on, Professor Nut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this my Aaron Schaefer by any chance? The girl is bi- was bipolar, and it cured her of her bipolar disorder. She no longer is taking her meds for bipolar disorder. It's gone. She hasn't had a recurrence in symptoms. Like, it reset that's her. A- that's amazing. Well, we were just talking about that. We've been talking about this just this week and stuff, like doing psychedelics and stuff, or several times, including very recently, where I haven't been feeling good, and then you do some psychedelics, and it knocks that shit out. How does me it doing help. psychedelics make you feel better? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it just does, because you're a nicer person. Oh, no. okay. No, me. me. All, all of it. We've talked about, like, I mean, that... It, seems like psychedelics and mushrooms they open open things in your mind they create seems like sometimes they connect things the way they should be when they're when they're off it can the synapses and stuff open and it creates the right path like a homeostasis yeah i wonder because we talk all the time about like your thoughts creating reality and we get stuck in negative thought patterns about being ill or whatever it is, bipolar disorder, Lyme disease. I mean, of course, medical conditions are a real thing. But our thoughts obviously have an impact on our physical Yeah, that's being. true. The mind over matter. Yeah, you can make yourself feel like shit. True. Well, everybody's going to have something, right? And it just depends on how you feel about what you've got and about yourself. Like, are you like... Yeah, this is really, you know, like, is it oppressive? And sometimes sickness is oppressive. Like, we talked about that the other day, how, it, like, if you don't feel right, sometimes it, like, makes you, f- like, think trash on yourself. Yeah. So, anyway, um, back to 
<laughs> well, we, like to, like Whoa. you're saying, when, when you're not wow, feeling no. good, you can yes. you can you can get down on yourself. You can like you can like like in a couple of days of illness, like ruin a year of plans. Like yeah. Yeah. sitting there going, "Fuck that! I'm not worthy. Uh-huh. Or I, I'm not going to do that." Or it makes you doubt things and you yeah. kind of wallow in it. But and, taking a, a psychedelic journey with whatever your medicine of choice is, it it you th- you're thinking thoughts that you wouldn't normally think. And so maybe, who knows, that doing that then creates wellness in your body or, or the can opposite. Create. Can create. Can create. Or the opposite. Well, what do yeah. psychedelics do? They give you massive, do- you know, massive dumps of serotonin and adrenaline and all kinds. Of, I mean, it's like it opens the body. It's an, it opens the body's natural medicines. Like, poof. That's true. Give you a dose of all that stuff mm-hmm. that you can't, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's a great thought. It, 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 I mean, every time we do stuff like that, it, it like, boom, a surge of all that. Then you feel like the, the dip the day after yeah. the day after the day after and those things because it because uh, so much is dumped on you. But I think that dump like that uh, <laughs> being a, a good be, dump, taking a good dump on that on the psychedelics, it, it can like correct things yeah straighten it back out and open things that are blocked and I, I could see how that makes sense like let's just take sarah you said serotonin and that's that's my favorite neurotransmitter um that is responsible that's your happy juice that's your that's your state of happiness chemical in your body and so if you have a massive happy dump then it would make sense that like you're feeling more positive and good and and healthy in your mind which in turn should boost your immune system and everything else and but getting back to 550 hits of acid those moments of peaking on 10 or more hits it, it doesn't seem like you're ever coming back at least for me, I never, I didn't think I was coming down. Uh-uh. And reality itself falls apart. It, it dissolves and your ego is gone and your sense of body is gone and your communication is fucked up and sight, it doesn't work and everything's jumbled and broken or, or fixed. Who knows? So, for 24 hours just being in that i think well, that that person would have to have a very strong mind going into that to not be broken afterward well and also with like how many people have taken that big a dose who knows like some drugs if you take too much it balances out you know what i mean like not balances out but it it's like not the body same chemistry yeah it's not the same effect as yeah, well like an example like uh like massive amounts of cannabis or massive, like people talking about, I drank myself straight. There's certain, when you overindulge in something, sometimes mm. it gets you a point where it's not really doing anything. Yeah. That's what it kind of sounds Anymore, like. Anymore, it's like maybe that that took it beyond a recreational or fun drive to a clinical realm. Yeah. Of like, fucking boom, like this, what a ma- like massive amount of medicine. So do you think maybe at that high of a dose, there's... It, it's so saturated in in your body chemistry that it's just like you can't get any higher than you are right now at this point, and the rest of it's just kind of wasted. Is that kind of what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and takes you beyond that level because we've heard people talking about taking, you know, massive heroic doses and there's a lot of people that we talk about casualties of psychedelia that are not okay after that. But like you just said with her, she must have a really strong mind. Yeah. To, to be able to go out like that. And maybe it is what you said. I mean, none of us will ever know. I'm certainly not going to do that. I, I heard tell back in the day, like, the I'm doing air quotes right now. The Grateful Dead family. Oh, know, doing like the thumb doing prints. a thumbprint. Yeah, and that's a you know that's around what they're talking about right there. So there I, there are people that have done it, yeah. and not just her. I bet you there's quite a few people out there have done doses like that that are functioning. I hope you don't well got nothing to do for a little while, man. <laughs> I hope you ain't busy for about a week. Shit. Or, or it's conducive to whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on a commune somewhere ready to strip naked and run through the through the woods screaming. I, I just love the fact that they won't um they won't come out and say that it actually helped. Yeah, but that's that is interesting that they actually made it into like medical <laughs> journal kind of, you know, that it got written up and got acknowledged even, not just Well, I think brushed. that's that's because of the dose. If it was yep. like woman took three hits of acid and doesn't have Lyme disease anymore, nobody would talk about it. It'd be like three, yeah. So uh, well, and that has I don't know, has to go with the two with the, like all the psychedelics starting to be used in treating people with the mushrooms. You know, legal in Colorado now. It's on the ballot here. What? Uh, yeah, psilocybin. I don't know to what extent, but I just heard that recently that it passed in Colorado and somewhere else too, I think. So is it just... And we're next on the ballot. And it's decriminalized. So if you get caught with it, you're not I going to jail. I think that's the first step. Yeah, I don't that, remember. That's, but but, it, but it's on the ballot here to start, you know, to decriminalize psilocybin and start using it to treat things. And So, Mel, would, if, if psilocybin and MDMA were legal in a clinical setting for treatment of like ptsd or depression or something like that and you were depressed or suffering from ptsd would you go in a clinical setting and trip with a doctor would you do that yeah yeah especially if i trusted the doctor i mean i'm, I'm assuming that these clinicians are not like oh i just met you let's take you let's do they're probably maybe established patients at least going into it maybe not right now when it's brand new but like because somebody's got to be a guinea pig right. but like once you're established like yeah i trust dr wood <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll told yeah he knows my backstory he knows the trauma that i've been going through so he can like talk me in through these places that i'm suffering from you know, like I was in war and my freaking I saw my homie get freaking his foot chopped off. And, you know, I just can't stop thinking about it. Can't stop seeing it. So Dr. Wood can walk me through that process because, you know, they do all kinds of like hypnotherapy. There's a lot of things that they use out there. But when you can use this with somebody who's trained, hell yeah, I'll do that for an awesome result. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and well, not to tap into the brain with yeah. psychedelics to like I didn't wouldn't, didn't think of it like that like traumatic things you yeah. saw and that you can't erase we that could, could probably help. do that for each other that could help 
do the, the one thing like if it, if it was me i'd be i'd be like okay i'll do that but i gotta like have my homie aaron in the room in case you start getting weird or something you know you like i'd almost feel like i need somebody like that because <laughs> it's starting out like you know like that video we watched the guy talk oh my god that old black and white video of the guy doing acid and they're 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 manipulating his trip that's different in a way i, I wouldn't definitely like, yeah I'm the guy's gonna... like getting into this like really groovy space he's like oh i feel i feel hey, like i'm and god like, hey. and the doctor just claps right in his face and he's like how did that make you feel and the guy's like uh truthfully it was kind of annoying i was enjoying how i was feeling you're, you're blue, dick. Dude. <laughs> well plus we're so experienced you know how you know how to bail out like if it started getting weird it'd be like bye doc i'm done i'm gonna go finish this is this turned into a home home trip now yeah, home roll i i've seen the videos of like the not videos still pictures of uh them doing the clinical trials of mdma and it's always a picture of somebody with one of those sleep masks on their eyes laying on a couch with headphones on and like three doctors sitting in chairs around the couch that just looks like the most awful scariest worst situation i could possibly be in on psychedelics they just don't know how to do it yet you know they're just figuring it out they're taking it weirdly clinical they just need to figure out how to do it properly and if you like i said if you had somebody i could see myself doing that i could be a fucking clinician and have somebody do that and i feel like i could help somebody through yeah. difficult shit well and a lot of people may want that like i mean imagine how many people have not taken psychedelics and are afraid of them yeah like yes. afraid would Tons need would need guidance and stuff would be like only would do it in a clinical setting where they felt that the doctors could save their lives or yeah, whatever. They, they're stop on that straight edge. Yeah, you know? stop yeah. them from jumping out the window or whatever they think is going to... What they think, yeah. yeah, all the stuff they've heard and... I just... So that's... I mean, I get it. I I guess I never thought of it like that, like going into it with no frame of reference and all the media hype around all the bad around it for all these years, all the misinformation that's out there. And then being part of that trial where you're the dude laying on the lady laying on the couch with the headphones and the sleep mask on. I, I never thought of it like that. Like you would need that clinical setting to, and somebody that you trusted there with you to help you through it. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be very interesting as this goes forward to see because this stuff's going to start being in clinical papers and stuff, you know, you know, Mr. Z. And then the whole story about them will start seeing what's happening. Well, yeah, and, and you're not going to bring in like sunshine, rainbow flower, and foot bear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, just just let they bailed about halfway brother. through because they said they had to get back to the show. Yeah, after all these years of of taking psychedelics and realizing so many times over that like, wow, that really did do something. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. From this side of the table, seeing that room is scary to me, though. Like, my God. Oh, yeah. 
because we I mean, we many times I think we've all said that it's like it's like that per even down to the, like the smaller like like that person really needs to smoke a joint. That person really, that person, we all know people. It's like that person could really benefit from, not as much with acid, I don't think, but with like mushrooms, pot, other, you know, little doses of of MDMA. Yeah. Spend a weekend. (laughs) Yeah. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish them to do it in a clinical setting, but if that's what, you know, that's something that may be needed. I think it would be really cool to have like safe houses. So like. Not in a doctor's office, but like designated homes where the set and setting is super chill. More like shaman leading the thing or something. something. Well, I I think it would be super. I would volunteer. I would volunteer at this stage in life. It would be fun, like to be, to like have an EKG. To facilitate or to to be studied? To be studied. Could you imagine if you got to go like in a two, have a whole brain, have have them scanning your brain while you're tripping, and then you get to see what's happening afterwards? That like, would be dope. Like this, how they see all the colors changing in your brain, and the, the you know that what, that would be cool. What words I think. you were saying? Yeah, yeah. What, and it would bring a certain vibe to your trip too, because your environment. I mean, you are closed eyed or whatever, but like you're still not like at home or at a concert or in the forest. You're in a place. Yeah, it would be right. different. Yeah. Mindset. So it, it would definitely, the, I mean, nice try, <laughs> but like until it's just like, it's, I think like it's in a box right now still, you know what I mean? Like it still needs to be unpacked. It's, it's, it's a thing and it's cool that it's happening but it still needs to be unpacked because what's when you are on these trips, you know, they're so profound and you're, they're trying to like write stuff down. Like it doesn't even matter or make sense. You know, <laughs> the nerds so still have a hold of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, it, that's what I mean. It's just like, okay, like good try guys. And I support it. I really do. I do too. Well, I, I think doctors too, like that, that what you just said made me think that like doctors are probably going to be looking for like, like immediate results, like the next day. How are you now? Oh, no, man. Sometimes that takes a while to unpack. Yeah. Like when we go to festivals for a day, it's like, oh, wow, this one's going to be digesting on this last four days for a while. And Mel- mo- months later, you can have epiphanies out of a trip. Yep. Like, boom, you remember something that happened when you're on there. Like, oh, shit, that's <laughs> what that meant. Or that's what I'm feeling. Or I when just this last week when we went to Pigeons, um, it was about a day or two after Mel was like, so, so what did you get from the show? And I remember saying, I'm still figuring out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still unpacking that, man. I'm, I'll let you know, you know, it does. It takes some time afterwards to, to integrate the experience as they say in today's vernacular, like it, to figure out what the fuck happened, man. Yeah. And, and to put, put the pieces back together. Cause Sometimes it's so much input at once. It, it's like this data dump that happens. We keep saying dumps today, but that it, it really does. It, yeah, there's a lot of dumping going on. Um, I'm hungry. Mel's hungry. It's a lot. A lot <laughs> that happens, and it bring it brings it brings you to to your knees sometimes. And then it takes a week to, like you said, a month for you to kind of start putting the puzzle pieces back together and figuring out what the fuck actually happened but to sit and have a doctor the day after a really hard roll or a really intense mushroom trip and go okay 
So tell me everything that happened to you last night, well, James. But you don't know how that. That's what I mean about the unpacking. That's true. That, yeah, we don't know what they're know how they're going to approach it is. that. Maybe they're in there, like the you know, lounging on a couch and be like, okay, so tell me about what took place yesterday. Do you remember? Oh yeah, I remember. Or here's you a journal. I mean? Here's a blank journal. Write yeah. your thoughts. I'll be back in a while. Yeah. I, I think there will be a lot of different. Well, just it, like anything with doctors, a lot of different approaches. Yeah. Especially with this. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of speculation and probably a lot of mistruths, and they're just like gonna, so many things. In yeah, life. they're just gonna have to figure it out. They're like gonna mistruths. walk on wobbly legs, and then they're gonna find their sea legs, and then they're gonna do it. It's like it's kind of like. Well, I guess they're still doing it too with cannabis. Well, yeah, cannabis is still not out of the water. Like it's no. not brand new anymore, but it's still like finding its wings, you know. And they're still discovering now that now that they're doing more and more research with it, they're discovering new things all the time. Like what one were of the you latest the is the the THCP. That, yeah, yeah, but they've discovered THC. They just keep finding more and more parts of it, and THCP they found is the psychoactive ingredient. So it's in not cannabis. just it's not THC by itself. It, there's THC is broken down in constituent yeah, parts. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, and a lot of different THCA and THCP and TH. I mean, they just keep finding more stuff. Just like the terpenes, there's hundreds of different terpenes, and there's you know, there's so much to it. They keep finding more because now there's more research being done. And like mm-hmm. this, as the box gets unpacked yeah. with psychedelics and stuff, we'll probably start learning. And years to come, a whole lot more as they unpack this. Well, it, I mean, I guess we kind of touched on it. Mel said it. So much of the psychedelic experience, we do not have language to describe. The, we don't have words that fit for the shit that we experience and, and feel. They're like feeling words. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't have language to describe the acid trip that you and I had when I spilled the vial in my mouth. I, I, no. I can sort of illustrate what what went down a little bit, but it doesn't... But there's no way of... No. But, yeah. So to try and do a study on people and what's happening to them, is that us trying to create the language? To be able to describe it's it. It's the beginning like of it. Some people are mad that we go on the moon because they're like, leave it alone. Other people are like, but what's up there? It's like the discovering of things, you know, like now that it's like out and we can't hide it anymore. People want to talk about it. And we have to have those people that are clinical and stuff like that in order to explain it to the other people. And then we have the other ones that are just enjoying it. They don't care what constituents mean. I'm just glad I'm high. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we need both sides. We need the smart people to break it down, to understand it, to make perfect doses, to make, you know, put this with that and maybe like, Oh, you need a little mushroom tea. And then here's a little MDMA and then go back to like, you know what I'm saying? Like um, what, but what I mean is like, we need all of it. Study. We're studying it. We need it. And to me that that too. Infancy and it's, and there's a good and bad side of the clinical too, because that's one thing that's always scary to me with doctors and scientists and stuff. They're, they're the ones that want, they have to have proof. They, they have to make sense of things mm-hmm. that yeah, settles them and go. makes them sleep at night. They have to explain things. They have to break it down. They have to have an explanation. And if there's not, which there's not in a lot of psychedelia, then they discount it or they just throw it, brush it under the rug because they can't explain it or make sense of it. So yeah, there's going to be a lot. 
it, good and bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, one thing to me is more and more prevalent nowadays than ever is mushrooms. Mushrooms used to be kind of more of a taboo thing, but over the last five, six, seven years, so many people, I mean, there's soccer moms microdosing, oh and gosh, microdosing yeah. has become a huge thing yeah. for people that have never even, like, smoked cannabis are microdosing. Lots of college-age kids yeah. microdosing and finding it helps them with studying and all kinds well, of things. Well, that's what There's they're doing in freaking Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. That's so where like, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. it trickles yeah. down. To me, this part of it, the not the medical side of it, of like what what did it do to my body? That that I understand. Studying that that makes sense. You can qualify that stuff and write it down and study different people and see how it affects them and all that. The other side of it, though is like trying to to do a medical study on mysticism or religious experience or um, witnessing the divine or seeing God or but and then at, putting that in a study. But look at Ayurveda. That's like the study of life and it accounts for so many different things that are not like your dosha, your vata, kapha, pitta, like what does that even look like or mean? They're trying, they're describing something that you can't see, but they have to qualify it somehow. So they have to create a name for it and put it in a category. That's super important to do. That's why we have names for colors. And that's why we have an alphabet and a numerical system. Like we need people to categorize things, even genre. Because if I say, hey, I like that song, what would it sound like? Oh, it was a rap song. Oh, okay. Now it narrows you down so that you can understand. Mm-hmm. It's like the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, but then you have bands like, I don't know, Radiohead. What kind of music is Radiohead? There's no, there's no describer. So they could, you know, they're like a wild card, you know? Right. And so there's, there are things like that in nature, wild cards. And I think psychedelics is one of them. Yeah. Right? And Regardless, even if Radiohead is a wild card, we have to. He's not going to be in the R and B. He's not that. So we can like. Yeah, you can. We can disqualify until until we find something. You know what I mean? Well, and like with religion and all that too, like that. What you're talking about, which also I think it's like psychedelic comes in the word faith. That's where a lot of times when things can't be explained, it's Mm -hmm. like it's like that's where your faith comes. You have faith that it's a good thing that's happening. You have faith that there's something after. You have faith. But you know it. You got I, to have faith. The faith. The faith. Have faith. I, don't, I don't know if faith comes into it for me where psychedelics are concerned because I'm I'm going on my experience of what I've had happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So faith is having belief in something you can't see. Yeah. That you, that it's never happened to you. That you're not sure whether it exists or not. Do you know that you're just having faith that that thing is a thing? But also your well, psychedelic so trips are never the same. So you don't know what you're going to get. But you're you're getting, and you're having faith that it's going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like so from my experience, I'm expecting, yeah, you know, there's I'm, an expectation. I'm taking a leap of, leap of faith that I'm going to go there again and have a good time. This is going to yeah. be beneficial. That's true. But then we've talked to a lot of musicians about the magic of playing music and the telepathy side of it and all that. And it, good portion of them will say you know what man i don't even really think about that i try not to talk about that i don't we don't really discuss it and it because it 
then the magic kind of loses its luster. It's like seeing the man behind the curtain in Oz. Also, some people don't think that way. Like, that's not where their brain goes. So it's not a thing that they think about. Yeah. Like, some people are very analytical to begin with. Like, they want to know things. How does it work? What does it look like? Some people don't give a fuck. I'm just on that carousel ride. I don't care how the mechanics works. As long as I go up and down and round and round. As long as this is coming out of my guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. Sometimes people are very happy to be non-boggled down with the how and why of things. I guess I'm that kind of person that wants to know about stuff. Well, we all do. But one thing I find is getting older. I mean, it's always important. You always want to know things and educate yourself. But also with me, like what comes with age too is also accepting that, that you don't need to know everything and you don't want, like, I don't want to know everything. I don't need to know everything. A lot of our lives, we get sidetracked. You, we, we've all done it. You've done it a lot with, like, conspiracy stuff. You do it less now of getting caught on that. And that yeah. that affects your life. That it's affects your sleep, your it's dreams. It's a definite that snare. It, yeah. It really affects Aaron's dreams. Yeah. I got, I got I'm having really night get... terrors, and I don't know why. Did you hear this article about the horrible things that are going on yeah. in my, my mind? When my mom oh. was here, you hear 12 people have been shot. That bus was derailed. The baby oh, was yeah. like, whoa, yeah, your mom? mom? Yeah, your mom was reading all the, if it bleeds, it leads headlines oh constantly. Gosh. It was like, just to, don't, don't. I was like, mom, we would I all don't get mad want at her. to. Yeah, mom. Stop talking to me about that. I don't want to hear well, that. But, but isn't that horrible? Read We're like, yes, news. that's horrible. <laughs> isn't that horrible? Everything that's happening? Yes, that's horrible it's great yeah. i i want to read about articles like the like the dog the dog that can't walk that befriended the pigeon that can't fly and they're like oh little besties now and all the doggy just like kind of rolls around and the pigeon cuddles the pigeon just hopples around so they like found cool friends in each other i wonder if you gave the dog 550 hits of acid if it would walk again might fly. It might fly. <laughs> then the pigeon would both pigeon take off. Barking. <laughs> so, Who knows? so what was the? We read one other headline out there. Oh, about the. This is just silly, but the um, Surgeon General tweeted about face masks. He he. I uh, thought you were talking about skincare. No, that's why I wanted to know so bad. Oh, I was like, why would they? I mean, I'm always seeing like particles in the like. This they came little, from China. <laughs> like yeah. what? No, he, he tweeted that. Please, everybody, just stop buying face masks, the surgical masks. It doesn't protect you from the coronavirus, and and I bet a lot of them are made in China. And and he, and then he goes on to say, <laughs> right. and. Because you're going to cause a shortage and then there won't be enough for healthcare workers and we don't want them getting sick. And I was like, wait a minute. If they don't it's kind of protect, contradictory. then why does it matter if you have them? Yeah. Come on, man. At least well, make well, sense. Well, let me back up. I mean, they won't work for you, but they'll work for us. Yeah. And if if you have a medical degree, then all of a sudden the mask works. That's how. That's how. That's part of when you walk to get your diploma to become a doctor, you get a new face mask thing and then it works for you from then on Do but it, but the rest of us well and they're coming out like mel was telling us last night about they're coming and i i since you mentioned that yesterday mel came home yesterday was talking about how they have like pretty ones like fancy nice ones for girls and then i've started on the last few things i've been looking on the internet it's all ads for face masks and now they have ones for like dudes like camouflage and tribal and 
So now they're making like a fat, like, okay, let's make a fashion statement out of it. So mm-hmm. when's your camouflage face mask? Well, Sid's in? new foolhardy dance mask. party is like that. It's it's going to be about like masks and like, really? yeah, like um, apocalyptic and like that's her new. Oh, mm-hmm. if you're in LA, go check out foolhardy dance party. Yeah. It's, it's April gonna, 1st. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fool's day. That, that's a good day. There's going to be a lot of gags going on. Oh, good, it is at Honor, Honor Frazier Gallery. Um, it is a dope space, you guys. So if you haven't been over to Honor Gallery, they do a lot of exhibits. And when we were done with the dance party, the next day we went to go pick up all the stuff. And they were already putting in another exhibit. And it was so dope. They, I don't remember the artist, but it was amazing. Like I was just looking around and like... So anyway, if you're in that area, Honor yeah. Fraser Gallery, um, April 1st, Foolhardy Dance Party, our yeah. little baby. Foolhardy. I like that name. Yeah. And it's on April Fool's too. Anyway, um, so I guess what we learned today is. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about the April, May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. If you take 550 hits of acid and some stuff's wrong with you, it could might be better. Fix you. Yeah. It could. might, yeah. yeah could, could possibly might fix might, you. Might, might and not, could. Or it could break I was going to say, mind. I'm not going to rush out and... Uh, no. Uh-uh. Try that. Well, that was, that was funny too. I'd back up to that where they're saying that, like finding people for testing and stuff. It's just there's a lot of people out there who might volunteer. All they got acid. All they got to do is show up at a, any jam band show and start talking to people, <laughs> and that they've got their test subjects Brie. right there. You yeah. know, I, but I think that what they're looking for more is people that have never done Squares. it. Squares. Yeah. yeah. We want to start with the fresh brains, not the wet ones. So no, that's a good place to start when you're doing a clinical study. So, mm-hmm. so everybody out there, you know what? So we're disqualified. Yeah, we're all disqualified. We love you guys out there. And thanks for listening to us talk today. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm going to go rest my throat now. Anybody else have anything, any final parting words of wisdom for the family? I'm kind of the same. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've had a heck of a week. We're all kind of... Recovering. recovering from pigeon, uh, great, uh, or not pigeon. <laughs> that was last week. We're still recovering from yeah, that, Yeah, it's been a long two weeks, and, and, and Friday was amazing. Humphreys and, and Andy. Andy. Yeah. All right, we got more stuff coming for you guys soon. Follow us on Instagram and all the social media platforms. Go to nosumperroad.com, get your tickets for Skull and Roses, do all the stuff, be nice to Leave each other. Leave us five stars and yeah, a man, review. We, we had a Wait. whole month with no five-star reviews. Come on. If you've listened yeah. this far into the episode, I know. you're it's the March one. First. You're the one that's going to leave March's five-star. So come on. Do it right yeah, now. Yeah, February was blank. Mm-hmm. That's Dang. sad. All right, you guys. We love you. Take care of each other. Smile at a stranger. Safety third. Hydrate. Keep your immune system up. Yeah. Yep. Take care of each other, you guys. We love you.
and it's a focus through the spot in the corner that is still intact. The react is both a defense mechanism as well as a fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. Listeners, I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. <laughs> 